Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who is surely thrilled to be talking about this movie, one of his favorites, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And yeah, this is easily like a top five, like a movie. If I'm if I'm not feeling good, I put this like I haven't I haven't been having a great mental week. And I was I like watched I started to watch this and I was like, it's like a like a Claritin commercial where it goes from like <laughs> like out of focus to like bright HD color. That's what it was for me. I was like, oh right, this movie. I watched this for the first time, I think, in the last two years. Because I remember texting you right after it and you were like, Why did you watch that? And I was like, Well, you know Oh yeah, I was I like think- that was seems like a weird choice. So I think what it was is there's a, a podcast I've mentioned a couple times called Blank Check, where they like their gimmick is they'd look at a filmography of one director, like A to Z, they're throughout mm-hmm. a whole thing. And they they did Zemeckis, which obviously is a director I'm a big fan of, you know, Back to the Future, you know, many other things. I don't have to list this whole filmography. Um, but they talked about this one, and I was like, I don't know anything about this movie, but just based on the cast, I'm very intrigued. And then they talked about how it has like this perfect tone of silliness yes. to it. You would probably call it camp. I don't know that I'm allowed it's camp. to call things camp. You I don't can. think I'm. If if you hear me call it camp, you can say it's camp. It's camp. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it feels like stolen valor. I guess is what I'm what I'm getting at. Anyway, there's just so much I liked about this movie uh, at first blush. It's just like right down the middle for me of very Evil Dead. Like so, we did we? I'm sure. I feel like I'm having a conversation that we had already. But did we? Did I ask you? Do you like? Do you consider Evil Dead camp, or is Evil Dead not camp because it's too I th- straight? I think. It maybe wasn't intentional, but I, I think Evil Dead is pretty campy. Okay, because I that this this movie I feel has like so much shared DNA with Evil Dead, and it's like a <laughs> should we say the ver- I don't think we said the name of the movie. Do we want to say that? Well, it's, it is it is it is in the title on the podcast apps. So I, I you are correct. We have not said the title of the movie. Um, I should pause and we should just do the thing. Like you know, it's it's been a little while since we recorded. Uh, I got married, and then also I had COVID, and I I moved, and all in a sixty not in that order day period. No, no, it was COVID, married, move, but it was like a forty five day period of just extremely stressful things. So we missed a few ups there, but uh, we should be back into the groove here. I hope knock wood. Uh, so I should say, we watched Death Becomes Her, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your queer camp classics. Who's gonna about your queer camp classic? When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. That's why I, when you said it, I was like, oh, I, we didn't, I didn't say the thing yet. I, <laughs> we should get that out of the way. Yeah, and so it's like, it's interesting to me is like, we recently watched Mommy Dearest, which I think you said would also fall yeah. into that exact Camp. categorization. And I hated Mommy Dearest, and I think this movie is the absolute delight. So it's funny how just things hit differently for for different folks. Yeah, well, it's also um, that like camp is a it's sort of like saying horror. You know what I mean? Like you might not you don't like all horror movies. Sure. It's so camp is more of a genre, I would say, than a sense. straight up yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it fe- the the difference is like this feels like it does the thing it was attempting to do, whereas like Mommy Dearest is like, oh, they failed so miserably, you know? Yeah, it's like, well, that's, yeah, that's very they, they, 
they I failed like, into it. I prefer to look at this more of an analog with like Heather's because it's okay. sort of the same like heightened bizarro world. Like we, you look at this world and you know exactly where you are. You're like, that's right. my world turned to an eleven. Right, right. I just, right. I, I think this movie is more. Um, I always forget this word. It's like palatable. Uh, it's more uh, widely able to be understandable. Maybe. Basically, what I'm trying to say is this feels more, and not in a like a fart sniffy, I'm better than you way, but this feels more like uh, common denominator. People can understand, like un- consume this and get it. Do you know what so I mean? It, it, yeah, like it's like a, it's like a, like a fast food product almost. And I don't mean that as like a negative, like fast food products yeah. are delicious. And that like a lot of people like them. That's why they're f- popular and del- you know what I mean? Yeah, because like, like Heather's is one of those movies that like people can, people misunderstand all the time. Like people don't. Yeah people don't get the jokes that they're trying to make and will take it at face value. And yeah. I think this is a movie. one half of this podcast, for example. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like this movie there, if you tried to take this at face value, you'd be like, people would be like, you're being in it. Like you're being an obstinate. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this has a weirdly uh, similar DNA uh, or like parentage rather of like, it's got Evil Dead and Roger Rabbit, and like it's oh yes. it's those it's those two things. I feel it's like that's the chocolate and peanut butter that makes this Reese's cup. I always think this is and this is a weird statement because I feel like no one makes a statement. I always think Barry Sonnenfeld is behind this movie. Oh, interesting. Because he's got that same sensibility. Like Barry uh-huh, Sonnenfeld uh-huh. fully can't. Like he did the Adams yeah. Family movies. He did men, the first Men in Black. That like yeah, which I've had written by former guest of the show Ed Solomon. By oh, the way. that's right. Um, and so, but like, he has always had this like campy quality to his stuff. Um, like he did Pushing Daisies was, I think he was involved in as well. Yeah, he was, he was early in that. Yes. I, I don't, I think he, it, was, it might've been one of those things where it's like, he produced, the greatest, well, the greatest thing you can do in television is direct the pilot of a successful show because you get paid on every episode. Oh, so you're right. You been, talked about that. Often, often the director is a big time person that like, so it's very possible Sonnenfeld was a producer and directed the pilot. It mm-hmm. would be my guess. But yeah, I always think he's involved because th- it just feels very him and like campy. Um, yeah. Because I like Zemeckis a lot, but I wouldn't. Th- I, mean, I, th- I think campy directors, Zemeckis is not, <laughs> does not come to mind. No. Although, you know, there's, there, it, I totally agree with you on the campy this, campiness thing. But there is like a, there's sort of a joyful silliness to this movie that mm-hmm. I think is in a lot of his filmography. And I think some camp stuff is joyfully silly and some obviously, like, as you said, it's like a sort of uh, genre onto its own, but like this feels not wildly out of character for him. Despite, I agree with you hundred percent. I don't like, if you were to be like, Oh, it's just like campy thing. Zemeckis doesn't feel like the guy, but when you watch this particular campy thing, I'm like, no, I kind of see yeah, where I, the things come from. I see the DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it, it, the, the the sort of the thesis they came up with on blank check and I don't want to paraphrase their whole podcast. It's, you know, many hours of content. You can go check out yourself if you're interested. But they essentially kind of boiled down Zemeckis to at a certain point, he became more interested in the technology used to make films than anything else. And I yeah. think this this you can see it starting to go that direction. Because oh, for sure. So much so much innovative CGI and like 
genuinely very impressive for the time because this is 92 um it's so it's crazy it's ilm right before jurassic park yeah yeah but but like i think this movie's effects are more impressive than the dinosaurs in jurassic park a little bit because it's way harder to do humans humans are harder is to make reptiles yeah and everything is almost every digital effect shot is in full daylight Mm -hmm. including like the very basic one at the end where it's just like they paint their bodies oh, off yeah. so they can have their heads. And it's like, yeah, you can see where the seam is, but like, it's great looking. This is a 30 year old movie. The only ones that like get a little too wonky are, spoiler alert, when Madeline's head is backwards. So it's interesting you say that. I actually, I really find that like exactly how I would want it to look because it almost looks like stop motion to me. I know, I agree. I don't think it's bad, but I think if you're looking at it in terms of like, does it Seems hold up? Nice. That's probably yeah. the the only, you know, digital effect that I'm like, mm, that's probably. I, I You're totally correct. But to me, it reads like the natural evolution of the dancer from Evil Dead. And I'm like, oh, exactly. I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, I don't know if it's real, but you saw a multiverse of madness. When Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch climbs out of that gong, I thought it was like, I was like, oh, this looks like the, the skeleton dancer climbing out of the grave. Yeah. It looks stop oh, motion-y yeah. and weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's so I I found that movie to have not nearly enough Sam Raimi for me I agree. personally, but I was like maybe this will get him to make another movie without taking a literal decade break. <laughs> yeah, he, what was the, his last one? The, the the Oz movie he did, Oz oh, the Great yeah. and Powerful. Woof. I, I know, but it came out in 2013. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, it, I like it wasn't it wasn't career ender bomb. No. But yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. There's a lot to like here. This movie is shot by Dean Cundy, one of our favorites. Somebody mm-hmm. who, like on the list of people I would like to get interviews with on this podcast, I think he's in the top five. I, I, I would like, agree. <laughs> like Dean Cundy, Rob Botton are two people that I'm like I don't like. I don't. If have- he was still alive. Um. Oh shit. I lost his name from Gremlins and everything we love. He's your favorite wait, neighbor. Joe, oh, 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 Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Like, Dick Miller. Yeah, yes. If yes, he was alive, yes, Dick yes, Miller. Yes. I was like, wait, did Joe Dante die? What? No, what I mean, say? Joe Dante, amazing get. I'm talking about like yeah. reasonable, like probably yeah. if we well, tried hard enough. <laughs> the, th- the, the thing of it is, it's like, you know, I would love to talk to John Carpenter, but I don't think I have anything interesting to ask John Carpenter that he hasn't been asked. Yeah. I don't think Dean Cundy has been interviewed enough for my questions to be wrote. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, Dean Cundy, great director of photography. Literally, I find it criminal that he only ever got to direct Honey, We Blew, Our Se- Blew, Up, Our- Blew Up Ourselves in 1997. They got honey- big? Honey, We Ourselves. Shrunk Ourselves. Oh, honey- oh, the the oh, Kids Shrink, because that's the movie where yeah. they talk about potassium and bananas. So there's honey. It's shrunk the kids, shrunk ourselves, blew up the kid. Maybe is that the the three? That sounds right. If there's only okay. three, that sounds correct. Okay, um, but yeah, that's the only movie he ever got to direct, which is criminal, like criminal. And yeah. I know, like obviously, film was collaborative, and to describe ascribe any one particular thing to any one particular person is not fair. Um, you know, 
obviously many people work to get the shots in this movie, but this movie is incredibly well shot and directed. There's a sequence in it that we will get to, and we should start moving through the movie, but there's a sequence we'll get to that I wrote down. I was like, this, this sequence is like two minutes long. Maybe, maybe it's three and it has more creative camera movement than some. I think I know which one you're talking about, (laughs) Yeah, but more creative camera movement than some entire series of television that I've watched. Yeah. And I'm talking about like, you know, like whatever, not everything has to have creative camera movement, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, man, like, what a... The, you want your movie shot Con- by Dean Cundy and edited by Verna Fields. Yeah, and then special effects by Rob Botton, you know? Yeah. Like, you know. And, uh, and not to take, you know, Dick Smith has makeup credit on this. He's done a lot of stuff that's really amazing. The makeup's really good in this movie. It is, it is. So, you know, as I said, film is collaborative, and, and, you know, you can't ascribe too much credit to any one person when something is good or bad. However... There's a pattern of great looking movies being shot by Dean Cundy, including both Halloween and Jurassic Park while we're on the subject. Yeah, we'll say it. <laughs> um, you know, and the thing that like the, the dude is just one of the all time greats. And, and you know, maybe he didn't want to direct more, although I find that hard to believe because it's, you know, maybe he didn't like working with actors. I don't know. I don't want to describe yeah. anything to it. Maybe he's like, oh, I just don't want to do that part, which is fine. You know, he's good at this. But man, is he unbelievably talented. And what I was I was really curious that, you know, I spent some time trolling through his IMDb and I was like, I wonder what he's up to lately. And it was shocking to me how often he's doing short films in the last really? few years. Like, it clearly must be just, like, a, a thing that he likes, you know? Not, like, I can't imagine Dean Cundy is, like, having a hard time getting a job. I would I would hope not. Because there's features in there, too. But I was stunned that he's done, like, four or five shorts in the last few years. And I assume it's, like, a friend asking for a favor stitch. I wonder if he's done anything for Crypt TV. They feel like they would try and get him as a thing. I uh, I didn't notice it in there, but it certainly is possible. But, yeah, I, that, that's a guy who, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I know Dean Cundy. He's my uncle or whatever. Like, <laughs> my neighbor. Hit us up. We, yeah, if, if, if you've got a connection to Dean Cundy and you can get him on this podcast, uh, we would love to do that. We would probably pay you for the for the help. Um, anyway, all that to say, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. That's how we have a budget to do these kind of things, like just randomly offer to pay people. For, <laughs> up for getting Dean Cundy. <laughs> I would pay. I, w- I would pay money for that. I'm. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we should start working our way through the movie. But I. Yeah. This is a movie that I wish I had. This. It's like sometimes you get really lucky and you watch a movie and you're like, man, I wish I had watched this ten years ago or fifteen years ago. Honestly, that was me watching the nanny. I was like, this show is so well written <laughs> and like genuinely classically funny. I was like, yeah. I'm mad at myself for what. Like, it's been a treat, yeah. but damn. You. You probably were way too young when it aired. Oh, so absolutely. Like, it, it would have been meaningless to you. But, like, you know, at the time period where you and I were watching Evil Dead, I don't know when you first watched this. If you remember, I would love to know. It's like, man, I wish this, like, this would have fit right in. We would have loved this. We would have, like, absolutely love this. I definitely watched it in the last, like, eight years. So, like, college and beyond, I would say. Okay. Okay. Well, that's much more recent than I than I had maybe thought. So, that's, mm-hmm. that's good to know that. I, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, this movie is. We're gonna say a lot of very nice things about it. Spoiler I'm glad I didn't know. How, I didn't know how you felt about it, so I was like very curious. No, I I liked it a lot the first time I watched it, and then rewatching it, I was like, man, this is gonna be so much fun to talk about. <laughs> like everything about this is gonna be fun to talk about. I, I will say, I ran into the clue problem where I was like, half of my notes are just me writing my favorite quotes yeah, because yeah, yeah, the it's so fascinating to see a movie like this with like. A A A like triple A list actors. Absolutely. And yes. so like the line delivery is just fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean it's superb. It's three very talented people at the height of their power, both like 
Hollywood wise and talent wise Mm -hmm. and all doing a good job. Bruce Willis is playing against type. I feel like in this movie. So he's a fascinating one because he's playing Rick Moranis. Yeah, he is. He is playing Rick Moranis, but he and he started as a comedy guy. And I think we talked about this a little bit oh, in the Die right. Hard episode, which is over on the Patreon. Like, he, when he got cast in Die Hard, people were like, why did you cast the goofy comedy guy in this action movie? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then as his career goes on, he does exclusively the, the action, the action stuff. stuff. And then obviously, you know, the really awful stories, you know, the aphasia diagnosis we just all learned about. It's very sad. Um, you know, we hope hope he's doing as best he can be doing. And, and it's a very sad thing. But, you know, the last five years he's been trying to grind out all these movies to make money for his family because that's like all he was able to, to put out so you know yeah. that's what happens um but at the time you're totally correct that like this was against type because die hard 2 and i think die hard 3 what is this 92 this so is 92. Die hard 3 die hard 3 is 95 so there's a very good chance he's like smack dab in the middle of like action man yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And this is playing against type at that at that point of his career for sure, for sure. So it's like going back to his roots a little bit as well. According to IMDb, Kevin Klein turned this role down and just like, I love this movie. I think it's a perfect, like, perfectly done as it is. Kevin Klein in this movie would be next level. Yeah, I really I like him. <laughs> This is one of the few times where you're like, oh, this wouldn't have worked with that guy. You're like, oh, this would have also been very good. Yes. That, like that was that was a very logical casting choice. My only thing with him that I think might have been um, a little bit of a problem. Isn't he super tall? I don't know. I'm so used to his voice as fish odor that like, I don't know. I can't think of how tall he is. <laughs> I feel like I think of Kevin Klein. Maybe I'm confusing Kevin Klein and Tim Robbins, which is possible, but I feel like Kevin Klein's a tall drink of water. And I feel like the height thing might've made him more imposing in a way that this, ca- that this character needs to snivel. Yeah. He needs to be Rick Moranis, but y- yes, but not Rick Moranis. Yeah. Rick, Rick, as much as we love him, was not handsome enough to be, be the guy here. I mean, I, I don't even think it's handsomeness. I just think like, his energy is it needs to feel like you're playing Rick Moranis, but like right. you're not that person right, that you've right. been like beaten down and you're sad and you're like, like schlubby. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a it is perhaps among my top five Bruce Willis performances. It's I'll tell you this. This is my favorite Meryl Streep performance ever in any. It's up there. I have often said with her that my problem with her is I think she's a undeniably one of the most talented actors male or female ever unquestionably but i don't like any of her movies like i just don't care for the kinds of movies she picks and that's i don't like her heavy dramas for sure but like devil wears prada is like seminal to me i i i bet if i rewatch that movie today i would like it but there was a time where like everyone i was friends with loved it and i just it just was overexposure killed it for me much like elf where like i can tolerate one annual viewing of elf per year now but there Mm -hmm. was a time like in college it was like between thanksgiving and christmas it was just always on blaring from some area of some hallway or in the common room and i was just like i just any we're having, other an, we're having a waffle sunday party and watching <laughs> elf like any other i i would have gone to that because you know i can't turn down a sunday a waffle sunday yeah <laughs> but yeah i was just like any other any other christmas can we throw a home alone in for the love of god i don't even want to be contrarian diehard guy but just a different yeah anything else movie. please um, 
we start off, we're at Meryl Streep's play. And well, the great the music, said the, the score in this movie is amazing. It's Alan Silvestri, yes. who like is yes. always good. But yes. this score, like I hear it and my brain is like, we're having fun. Like it's, I've, it's I've listened to it, like Danny getting Elfman ready to go energy. out. It has, it does have Danny Elfman energy. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I talked over there. You listen to this as like a, like a warm up. I've done it. I've done it before where like, if I'm like, depending okay. on the event or like the theme of what I'm doing, I like, I've definitely put this on like last looks in the mirror. Is there a particular uh, track from it? Like, like to me, it it's like easier for you to identify the scene than probably the title of the piece of. It's music, more like the the over the the theme, like not the capital T theme uh-huh, of uh-huh. of this movie. It's like it's very like staccato violiny. It's it's okay, pretty much okay. what the music like when it when the movie opens. It's pretty much that music. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're we're at Meryl Streep's new play and people are bailing during the second act, which I was like, oh, it's funny. Like, I've I've heard of second acting where people like sneak in at intermission, mm-hmm. but people being like, I'm done with this at intermission is kind of funny to me. I've only ever done that with one. I've uh, I've never done it. I've come okay. incredibly close with Whistle Down the Wind, which we said was very similar <laughs> to that Christmas movie we just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, only time uh, I've ever been like, I'm I th- I'm really considering leave. Like, I don't give a shit how this ends, <laughs> but I have not, I have not walked out of many things at all. I, I left, I left during, wasn't there a movie? One random movie. Yeah. 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 I think I got a free. So back in the early days of Fandango, they would like text you. Like there was like text contests and it was like the first 200 people to respond. Oh, that's cool. Get it free ticket they stopped it very quickly but they did do this for a brief time and i got a ticket to i think it was the second transformers movie oh, and i gosh. was like i was like hey okay whatever like i'll go to the movies by myself and see transformers it's free and i i think i had bought a popcorn and i ended up like staying longer than i wanted to because i was like well i bought the popcorn and i'm not going to eat this popcorn and like eating this popcorn anywhere but in this theater is going to be bad so i left like a little early, not like a walkout. Like I, it, it feels disingenuous to call it a walkout because I was like probably you left when Act Three started. You were like, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. But it, like I was too checked out of that movie way quick. I was like, oh, I don't care for this, even if it was free. Um, so that was like a quick, a quick bail. But I haven't done it very often. I and I, know I don't think I have. ever have. Yeah, because I, I generally it's like, well, I paid for this. Like I might as well finish it. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, at this point, I figured out, like, what I'm going to like. Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff that I just, like, know I'm not going to like. Like, my boyfriend was talking about it. He was like, oh, there's the new Texas Chainsaw remake on Netflix. And I was like, please watch that without me. I was yeah. like, that is that is in the quadrant of things not made for me and I will not enjoy. It is too mean. Yeah. Have you seen the original? We've talked about this 38 times, I think. I've seen... I've seen a lot of the clips. I've never, you I don't gotta, think I've, you, I, I don't think I'm I've ever gonna, seen I'm, it tip to tail. I, I'm going to give you some homework. I think it's too early for the show. I think it's like 74. Put, do, 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 trust me, watch the first one. I know the first one is very good. It's, it's, it's yeah. not that, it's not, I don't have anything against the first one. It's this new yeah. one because all horror no, movies are fucking mean now. Yeah. And I know that sounds have, stupid. That sounds so dumb to be like, the movie about a man killing people is mean, but like, you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 visceral in a way that it it, it is like cruel. To yes, the characters. it's it's cruel. Like even yeah. like the new Halloween fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's mean is the best way I th- can describe it as well. But it's like it 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 doesn't like the characters and wants them to pay for what they've done. And I was like, I haven't. I was like, we just met this old black <laughs> yeah. lady. I don't know yeah. anything about her. Throw yeah. in. 
something about her that like she worked at the hospital that he escaped like give me or anything alternatively just don't kill her so disgustingly and like linger on it pornographically yes yes very that like if if he just killed her because he was like a shark swimming through her house and just was like <laughs> stabbed her and then she like fell down and died but instead she's like begging for her life and like crawling all over the house it sucks it just I sucks ha- i hate it yeah. but we're not here to talk about that movie. we're talking about a great movie <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I I get you on the on the mean thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they're 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 bailing on true. I was gonna ask if you ever did the opposite. If you have you ever done the sneak in? I doubt it. I've never done it. the sneak in. Um. It seems too risky to me. Yeah, I mean, it depends. You might you you I you could definitely get away with it in certain shows. The show either has to be like I feel like you have to do it with a show that's like very jam packed. Because if you do it with a show that like no one's going to, the people they're gonna be like, I don't recognize you. Oh, see, I my thing would always be like, how do you figure out what seat is actually open? That so you too stressful. Well, my what I would do if this was the thing I would do if I was going to do this. I've I've never in New York, so I, yeah, I realize yeah. I'm as I'm saying this, it sounds like I'm being cagey. I've genuinely never done this because yeah. if I'm driving, if I'm going all the way to New York, yeah, you buy I, a ticket. I'm like, buying a fucking yes. ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm going for sure. I feel like I would go like walk in with everyone smoking. Um, and then like hang out by the, um, the like merch table or like somewhere Mm. in the back by like the bathroom line and sort of like scope it out. And when the lights start to flicker, typically, because also typically everyone who's in the back has already scoped out what seats are empty up front and shifted. So you can slide right into the back would be my thought. Okay. I've never thought to do that. I, uh, cause I've done, I've done the, I've, I've done the look around who's not here. Let's move up. I've done that. Oh, I've never, it's never occurred to me. I, and it's funny because, um, I, uh, it was April this year. There was like a two week window where it was like, oh, we're all good. And then suddenly it was like, no new wave. Everything sucks yeah. again. And we went up to New York for a day trip on the, on the train, which we had been wanting to do forever. And we saw Phantom and I was in literally the last row, like the, the back <laughs> my head was in the back of the theater wall, which is fine. It was actually cool because we were sitting where the ladder was for the, the dude who operates the spotlight up there. Oh, that's cool. And so they were like, the guy's like, hey, you can't put your coat there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 it's like, it's wintertime. I got her coat, my coat. I'm trying to like get us all situated so I can sit down. And this guy's like, hey, you can't put your coat there. I'm like, yeah, I won't leave it on the ladder. I'm, and he's like, <laughs> no, I, I, he's just like, okay. And then he's just like, I'm like, I'm, I got, I got things. I got a piece of cake. I got, a, I'm, you know, all sorts of shit. And, it, you know, this theater seats in New York are 14 inches wide. So I'm yeah. like, trying to figure out how to wedge my fat ass into it. And so it's just like, you know, I do this, I take my coat off. And then I realize he's like still standing there and i'm like good god is this good dude like gonna be up my have ass a life time? yeah and then i move my coat and he immediately goes like hop up up and climbs the ladder and i'm like oh he was trying to get to work <laughs> like i was i was being a harumped asshole that man was in the process of trying to do his job so that i could watch this show yes Oops. my bad um Anyway, uh, it's second act. It's we are. We think it's second act. That's that's the thing. All bad musicals in like movies and TV shows look the same. They all look like this. I don't get why. Like, there's a lot actually, of bad theater, and it doesn't always look like this. Uh, well, here's the thing. I wanted to ask you is like this. I know I'm not an expert. I have seen, I have been lucky enough to see a, a fair number of musicals, both, you know, amateur production. I've been to a few Broadway type shows, you know, whether, you know, on Broadway or elsewhere. 
This doesn't look like any worse or better than any depiction of any musical song. In so any, like, the, it's like hard for me as a as a novice to be like, oh, this is bad, right? There's like, an it's added layer that you, as a novice, you're not aware of that. Like, so it's they make they reference it in passing, but she's in Songbird, which is a musical adaptation of Tennessee of a Tennessee Williams play, which tells you okay. probably shouldn't be musical. Yeah, called yeah, yeah. Sweet Bird of Youth, which was the movie that Geraldine Page got nominated for an Oscar for in like '62. Okay. It was the year of Baby okay. Jane, and it's about like a f- an a- like a fading actress who's clinging to her youth, and it's like not a comedy. Okay, yeah, okay. And so like the it would basically be like if Schindler's List had a kick line, you'd be like, that's not <laughs> okay. Okay, that makes sense. That is good context that I did not know. Yeah. But but I feel like the inter the like the visuals in this movie and like how they show you what's going on it's like this doesn't look like I don't get why this is bad mm-hmm. at the outset. The movie's telling like, me it's bad, but I don't. Yes. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not showing me it's bad in a way that I can discern. Like they're singing on key and it's got like a big kick line. And it's like I probably wouldn't want to see this musical, but like. I probably wouldn't want to see most musicals. It's not generally my cup of tea. So I'm just like, I don't really know what's happening. But uh, Bruce is completely enamored. The only person in the audience who seems to be so uh, sitting alongside a very frumpy looking Goldie Hawn. And I love this stupid wig they have her in. Her uh, her ugly first act wig is the best. Yeah, yeah. They they Goldie like has like quite a progression. Oh, it is Edna Mode. Yeah, de- definitely. She's got the little like square cut out for her face. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce, Bruce also with a bad toupee on here. Yeah, it's not a good piece, and a and a it's, little thin wispy mustache. Yes, yes, it's his real hair later. I'm pretty sure because he was like already balding when Die mm-hmm. Hard happened. By you know, soon he becomes shaved head Bruce, and his head grows like a watermelon uh, <laughs> from all this HGH. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the the wig or toupee they have on him is a sight. It is, and then we smash cut to Merle's dressing room and. Uh, in her mirror, she says, wrinkled, wrinkled little star, pray they never see the scars. <laughs> yeah. And that is like a, that is a top rotation GIF in my, in my Rolodex <laughs> of GIFs. Yeah, it's, it is a. Having an ugly G- day, feeling old, your friends feeling old, <laughs> bam. I think the difference in the performance here and Devil Wears Prada is like, I somehow have some sympathy for this character and I have zero sympathy for the character she's playing in Devil Wears Prada. It's not a lot. Interesting. Her, her, character, her character I have sympathy here is a jerk. F- I have way more sympathy. I have more sympathy for um, uh, Miranda Priestly than for okay. Madeline okay. Ashton. Yeah. I, I, and again, I haven't seen Devil Wears Prada in a good decade, so it, maybe I'm outdated on that. But I feel like I, I have a little... I, not that this, this character sucks. This is a bad person who mm-hmm. gets what's coming to her. But I, for some reason, have a little bit more... Uh, you know, there's a little more pulling me in here than there is in that. I don't know why. I don't know. Bruce... Bruce is totally swoony all over well, the, her. It's very, you, very good. We can't gloss over her practicing her reaction to her friends coming in to yes. see her. Yes. Because her, yes. her maid is like, hey, your friend is here. And she's like, hang on. And she takes a moment to be like, <gasps> and like does little fa- like just like how she's going to react. And it's like, that's they're, me. They're like 10% different from each other, too, which is like, obviously, Meryl Streep, great performer. But it's like a real showcase of like. Acty schmacty. Yeah, she's like oh, a little too big. I gotta take a little off that. Okay, here it is here, and then it's like okay, that's that's where I need it to be. Very yeah. good. Um, I feel Goldie like also has in addition to the bad wig, she enters here. They have this like oh moment. 
The eyebrows are... Bu- this is like Eugene Levy situation eyebrows. Yeah, they gave her some some brows. She's kind of dressed like a uh, Catwoman, like Selena Kyle pre-Catwoman. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything's kind of boxy and blousy and big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we find out Bruce is a plastic surgeon. Exactly. Uh, it's, which is, you know, what Meryl is kind of drawn to him by. And uh, the 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 cut between leaving the little dressing room thing. I don't know if you wanted to get to anything else there. We uh, yeah, well, real quick. So I just I th- I find that uh, Madeline uh, Meryl Streep has big Cruella energy. Oh yeah, for sure. Because sure. everyone is darling and sweetie and dear, mm-hmm, and like it's just mm-hmm. that's the perfect amount of condescending to like really tell the audience everything they need to know. That was like Absolutely. one of my sticking points about the new Cruella is that they made Anita's last name darling, and I was like, no, 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 that was a bitch move. Calling yeah, her Anita yeah. Darling is a bitch move. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we, Although, isn't it? Isn't her name Darling in the cartoon? No, you're thinking. I'm you're thinking, thinking of Lady Pan. the Tramp. Well, oh, no, Darling. Yes, Pan. the Darlings are Peter Pan. Oh, but okay. in Lady and the Tramp, it's Jim Deer. Like they because it's, it's oh, dogs okay. hearing what humans say. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, and the other thing we get is the like. It's sort of like the lady version of Samuel L. Jackson eating the burger in Pulp Fiction. When Meryl kisses uh, Goldie Hawn on the cheek, and there's just the big fuck off red lipstick print it's on her cheek. It's an alpha move. Yeah, it's an alpha yeah. move. Because Goldie I, does it I, later. I honestly wish that we saw uh, Meryl put the lipstick on. Oh, that would have been good. To like really cement home, like this is on, this is on purpose. This is a choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Bruce is a plastic surgeon, and he's like, you know t- walking through this eye surgery and it's just a great little bit of movie making we have like this close-up on the uh, eye of with the the marker drawn on it i'm gesturing like any of you can see what i'm talking about but uh bruce like starts to describe the surgery to somebody and then there's like a little knock 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 on the window and it's meryl and he does a wave and <laughs> he's just been like oh that's a lot of blood we need a cauterization quickly quickly and then Bruce waves at Meryl and his hand is just absolutely drenched. He looks like a he just was elbow deep in a person. It's so good. I love that stupid wave. And then we cut to there because do we, I don't know if we mentioned Bruce and, and um, Goldie are engaged. Yes. We do and not. he goes home to her and she's like, I knew that Madeline was going to, you know, take you because she takes all my boys like that. You were this is the test. Please pass the test. And we get easily one of the like one of the oldest writing tricks in the book if not the oldest i think because i absolutely don't have feelings for madeline ashton smash cut to their wedding yes yes i want to continue pause right there but i do want to point out like i think somebody smarter than me could make a very interesting like fart sniffy argument about the mirror use in this movie but oh it's everywhere i just want to talk about it from a standpoint of like making a film look cool to watch like using the visual palette in a way that is satisfying and this is the first time we see it's a really great shot where we see both bruce's face and goldie's face while they're having this argument and it's it makes the argument more impactful because you see both of them it's not it's a way to get that it's a way to do that soap opera thing without being the soap opera and like why are you not looking at each other Yes, absolutely. And they don't have to have like a weird staging, you know, they're sitting like catty corner at a table or something like it's just she's there's a lot of emotion that both these actors get to play with in the physicality they get to do because, you know, Goldie's on the couch and she's kind of sprawled and Bruce she's ringing is standing. her ringing her handkerchief. Yes. Yeah. And it's just it's just one of like there's like a dozen cool mirror shots in this movie. And like I said, there's probably some 
you know, something somebody could come up with, it would be like, oh, you know, the the reason the mirror. I mean, the vanity is a clear yes, part of yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. But the there's just so much cool filmmaking done by using these mirrors to, to highlight stuff. And I just think it's awesome. I just, I really like it. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie from a visual language standpoint. It's just the great mirror stuff. Um, and then we see. But yes, I don't, I do, I do want to reemphasize your point. Truly a all-timer comedy cut. The kind of thing that you are, I'm certain Edgar Wright loves this movie because. Oh, he, absolutely. Like, that is a, that is an Edgar Wright comedy cut right there. Like it's exactly what his trademark is. Uh, and then we see we like zoom in on Helen uh, Helen hiding at the wedding in like a trench coat, wringing her handkerchief so hard that it's bleeding. That she like, her yes. ha- her fist is bleeding, and it's just like yes. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then we smash cut to her as a cat lady, which is probably one of Goldie's. Oh, the movie also time travels a lot. So this yes, movie this does. movie is this it goes from 1978 to 2029, I think. Yeah, it does. And I, I, I saw that in the thing and I was like, is that true? Because they never put it on screen, but it definitely they do. is accurate. They say, they say seven years later. But do they start? They tell you. Yeah, it says 1978 in Broadway. And then it says seven years later to her fat. What about at the funeral? Uh, it says 27 years, uh, 37 years later. Did you watch this on Showtime or do you own it? Showtime. Oh, interesting. I swear that I did not see that, but I must have been looking down. Yeah, it's, in the, it's okay. in the Death Becomes Her, like the title font. Okay. Uh, clearly, I missed that. Okay. I'm, gl- I'm, well, I'm glad they say it, but I, I totally missed that. Um, <laughs> she, it's, uh, Helen in a, uh, Goldie Hawn in a fat suit, like, scooping vanilla. When I, when I was younger, I didn't know what it was. It's frosting. Yeah. Yeah, but it she, looks like it, it looks like it could be Crisco. It could be Crisco, but she opens her cabinet and there's like a dozen vanilla frostings, a dozen chocolate. It looks a like a store. Sprinkles. It does. And it's just like, it's such a, f- I've never seen it. I'm sure it was done for like a movie practicality standpoint. I've never seen, like I've seen this scene before, right? Like they do this exact same scene in dodgeball. They do whatever, but it's yeah. always ice cream or something else. And the idea of it just being cake frosting, like my teeth hurt so much. Just, I mean, I've, d- I've done a cake frosting sad before, but I don't oh, have oh, like a, like more than one spoonful. A couple spoonfuls. Okay. I feel like there is a hard limit on cake frosting for me of like two bites. And then it's like, if there's nothing else to cut it, I'm like too much. Well, sometimes I I mean, I only ever do chocolate frosting, but sometimes I'll do like a scoop of peanut butter and a scoop of frosting. Yeah. So you're cutting it a little bit there. I I can't. The idea of eating. I've done I've done three or four spoonfuls of cake frosting when I'm if I was like particularly sad. I I, am not trying to say that I am above like eating sad eating. Yeah, or, or whatever. But like, I could eat. I could take down a tub of Ben and Jerry's, no prob. But the idea of eating even a quarter of a tub of cake frosting, my teeth—literally, I feel them aching right now. <laughs> Babe, she's she's not even doing a spoon. She's got like fingers. Yes, yes, just a fingerful it off her fingers. Ugh. Uh, and watching uh, a move. She all her house is full of cats, but also yes. like the, the like cabinet has cats in it. Lousy she, with cats. She's watching an old Madeline Ashton movie where she dies, just like gleefully rewinding to rewatch. I, I was think... trying to figure out if they like spliced because based on they, the they spliced thing. a real it's a an old it's a real Michael Caine movie that they just cut yes. Meryl into. But every time I looked it up, it was pictures of the premiere with Michael Caine, I guess there or or like oh. I didn't I didn't click through, but it was like Michael Caine at premiere. And I was like. There's no way he looks like Alfie era Michael Caine in this. Like that can't be it. Yeah, no, it's they. I'm. I don't remember what movie, but I'm pretty sure that they just spliced an old like performance of his, so that it, like it looked like Meryl in the '60s. 
that would be totally logical because Forrest Gump is just this technology. Like that's all that move. Like from a technology yeah. standpoint, this is all the t- the Forrest Gump stuff. So it makes sense. That this Although is it's the first time he's playing with it, probably not quite the same because they're never on screen together. It's just a shot of Michael Caine and then a shot oh, of Meryl from the from the back. Maybe it's Michael Caine. Oh, maybe. I thought Michael Caine is the one who's choking her. I thought no, it's a it's an assailant because she she's talking to oh, Michael Caine okay. and then someone behind okay. her chokes her. Got it. Okay. And Helen gets evicted from her apartment and goes to uh, an insane asylum with Deborah Jo Rupp from yep. that 70s show and WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like, it's like uh, five seconds, but yeah. It's funny because she, you could, I, I like saw her name there and I was like, what? Hang on. And I had to like rewind and I was like, oh, I guess that is her. She's the one directly to her right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they linger on her long enough that I'm like, oh, is she going to be part of the movie? And the answer is no. No. <laughs> she is not. And we get another, like, quote that I quote regularly, which is, I would like to talk about Madeline Ashton. And everyone in group therapy screams. Yes. I guess they're just sick of all this. They're fucking tired of it. Uh, So there's, like, a big uh, speech with her therapist who's like, you got to get over this. You got to, you got to, what is the, you You have to completely eliminate her. And Helen's like, you're absolutely right. And then we cut seven years later. Yes. Uh, this scene also has great mirrors. We have Meryl s- sleeping in this very odd configuration, you know, with like all these things on her face for beauty it's purposes. It's very mommy dearest. Oh, for sure. Um, but there's a great mirror in the back that in the back of Meryl so that like you can see that she's completely not treating this maid as a person, despite the fact that they're like four feet from each other. I and- think, no, I think they kind of, I think, I think the maid relationship is, is more comfortable. Because they've been the together maid, for a while. The maid and Bruce seem friendly. The maid seems very over Meryl <laughs> to me. I, I think over, but they, they've been together since her Broadway thing. So that's, they've been mm-hmm. together 14 years at this point. Right. So they're yeah. probably just, she doesn't have to. It's like sort of like your, fr- your friend. You're like, I don't, I don't have to fucking look at you. Like, tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> bring me yeah, a, that's bring me a green juice and tell me i'm pretty <laughs> yeah she's like oh she the, the maid clearly has a script and then she's like oh it's not thursday i'm not supposed to say that and she's like no i think you need to say that say it every, every day, day. Now. Yeah. i've been there <laughs> like yeah. i think you need to <laughs> i think you should say this every day thank you you look younger every morning <laughs> so bruce is passed out drunk upstairs and she wakes him up with his breakfast which is a bloody mary and a bottle of aspirin <laughs> yes and I love that he she like puts it on his cheek to wake him up with the cold. He has like a full on corpse vibe at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 makeup they have him in. But I love that he immediately throws the celery away. And I have the I have the vibe like, that nope. every day every day he throws the celery away. And I'm like Rose, why are you bothering? She probably <laughs> puts it, she probably uses it for a week. <laughs> she just picks it up off the floor. And yeah, puts it in the it. fridge, rinses it, puts it in the fridge. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, he this, is no longer a plastic surgeon. He is yes. his, his 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 hands are he sh- has the shakes from being an alcoholic. He's yeah. like throws his scalpel. But I love that like, he takes a big swig of this and he winces and and his response is more vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Which like if you're a person who doesn't like tomato juice, I get that. Yeah, I know, but it's just clearly you think he's wincing because the drink is too strong, and it's like no, it's the it's other too much one, tomato, the sadder one. Yeah, I uh my my wife. 
uh, now wife, then girlfriend, uh, didn't think she liked Bloody Marys because you know, I would make them and she would be like, this is terrible. And so, you know, she'd have some champagne or whatever. Mosa and I'd have a bloody on occasion. And then her sister came to town and her sister likes bloody. So I got all this stuff to make bloodies. And she's like, let me try yours. And she tried her sister. She's like, why do I like hers? And I was like, I don't know. It probably has less vodka and less horseradish in it because I put that thing up to 11. Yeah. you uh, To me, like the accoutrement is like the key to your bloody mary so like i do a lot of i do a lot of horsey sauce yeah yeah i like it i like it with some zip so he's not he's gone from being a surgeon to like an in-demand of some sort uh mortician instead that's uh, is it mortician like he's 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 basically the guy that mortician calls when the mortician can't get it done i said funeral beautician because i don't those two words make sense i'm sure there i'm people are the probably they're tweeting like that's what a that's what an undertaker is. That's what a, that's what that, that, that is, is, you idiot. That is what a mortician does. He's like a Winston Wolf of of morticians. He's the guy you call in when it's like we have a job too big for us to handle. <laughs> um, uh, there's a really great gag here too, where he's walking and he's like getting the situation described to him, and he puts his hand up for his gloves, and then the guy's like, "It's real gloppy." In he, there. And he he puts, he drowned in a hot tub. And he's bloated, and he's like, "Never mind. Give me the." Without words, he he just like throws the, the the regular you know surgical type gloves, and instead gets back like what you would handle welding with. Yeah, yes. And then another great like you know little joke. You can't give him character or depth. People have to recognize him. Yeah, and I they were like he was he was having sex with his eighteen year old girlfriend, even though he was I don't know however old this guy is supposed to be sixty or something. Yeah, and. They're like he he has a grid on his face that is just a ghastly. And then we cut to and I I don't I don't I recognize this actor. I don't know his name. I, but he has same. he has a just shit eating grin on and just smiling to beat the band. It's really good. like mouth wide open smile. Yeah, just pure joy. Uh, and then we cut from here to Madeline going to this crazy spa that I just love. Like it's all everyone who works there is hot as fuck. And yeah. wearing like mesh or like low cut short mini skirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And there's a. It's clearly like a like a spliced in later. Like what's behind that door? But mm-hmm. it's also or it's not. It looks like it's spliced in later. But I I realized as they shut it that there was a mirror on the door to get yeah. more of this mirror stuff. Um, but there's a person in there. Like there's a bunch of tubes. It looks like they're having their blood like recirculated or something clean like it's coming out we're jazzing it up and putting it back in and he's on one of those like it's like a suspension rig yeah yeah like uh like the thing they used to do on uh kids shows to be like this is what it's like to be an astronaut and they just spin them in five axis a multi-axis spinner uh so we cut to this woman always reminds me of uh winona Ryder. oh she's got a winona energy i see that um and she's uh, speaking in a, a very thick French accent about how, like, hey, you can't come in, that you can't have this treatment done. You can only have one every six months because it's so traumatic. And it's only been three weeks since your last one. And is this the shot you were talking about around the room with the no. great? Uh-uh. So this is this one is of my. This is a great shot, but this is not the one I was talking about. Favorite shots because it's an unbroken track, like pivoting shot around the room as, like, Meryl. Runs around the room to look at each mirror to be like, I need, like, you're not giving me what I need. Like, this is an important event. I need to look my best. <laughs> she snaps at her. She's like, you, you look at me with your 22-year-old skin, your tits like rocks, and you laugh at me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Um, and the, the, this guy who very much looks like Doug Jones, but is not like appears on the couch behind her and is like, it, go away. Because the camera has been tracking the whole time. It comes back around to the, the woman working and the, he clears his throat and she moves and he's been, he's behind her and we've already seen the couch empty. And it's just like a really awesome kind of yeah. reminds me of like the last night in Soho dance sequence. That was all yeah, in the camera. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And, very similar. Because Meryl says, Meryl's like, money is no object. If you you give me what I want, I'll pay you under the table, just you. Yeah. And as soon as the the like owner of the spa is there, the woman completely drops her French accent. Yeah. And like, it's one of my favorite little bits of world building of like, nothing is fucking real. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything about this this, mo- this movie is about artifice for sure, and this is like a a great piece of that puzzle. Um. And he he's like talking to Meryl at and his eyes being weird. Which, like, we kind of confer later that he probably had something. He probably fucked up his, his body. Yes. And has to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but he gives her the card for Liesel von Rumen, who will help, who could help her with her, you know, issues. And the yeah. only thing on the card is just an address. There's no name. There's no phone right. number. It's right. just an address. Yeah. The kind of thing that if I got, I would be like, well, this is drugs or something. This Trash. is a murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get trafficked. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we cut to them in the limo on the way to Helen's book party. <laughs> and Bruce Willis is breathing like Darth Vader. And Meryl, real, yeah. Meryl Streep just goes, could you just not breathe? <laughs> yeah, there's a real Tony Soprano nose breathing happening here. Just a lot of like... Oh, was that is that a thing in the Sopranos? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gandolfini and the nose breathing is like a major thing. Hmm. Um, he looks like he gets worse and worse looking as the movie goes, and this is like one of the real bad turns for Bruce. He just, his, he just looks uh, his, like a corpse, like a red ring around his eyes. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a bad wax mold of Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. And then he and, meets. Uh, he says hello to the mom from Monster Squad and the Goonies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And there's this great like this re- it's just such so a he good He tells the bit truth. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, all honesty, the problem. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an actual fact that like normal makeup you purchase, it's that's a word I really enjoy, is thermogenic, which means it's designed to work with natural human body heat. Yeah. And so corpses don't have body heat, and so you right. cannot use you need non-thermogenic makeup, which is often just paint. Yes, yes. And that's and his secret he- is spray paint. <laughs> But it's even better because he starts the anecdote and the camera slides from the two shot of them just to Bruce. And as the story goes on, you can feel the body energy of the person who's not on camera somehow. Like, mm-hmm. it's impossible that that's true, but you absolutely feel it because you can tell he's not paying attention to her. And but he's so enjoying like, himself telling the story. Yes. And the, the, the like from a film standpoint, going from like the two shot to the one shot and you can't see the woman anymore. It's like, oh, she's really upset about this like you can feel it despite not being there and then he's like i'm because she said you know you buried my aunt like you made my aunt look beautiful what's your secret which like don't ask how the sausage is made if you don't want to know (laughs) she this is a sausage situation fault absolutely but he's like i'm standing in the hardware store and it just dawns on me mannequins look good Corpses are basically mannequins. I should buy corpse spray paint for corpses. And then I should they, buy mannequin paint. We finally cut to the woman who is just like a sputtering mess and just storms away. It's so, it's so good. Uh, and this is where we get our reveal of uh, hot Helen. Yes. Uh, the, because 
this is like one of my favorite the uh, fake out yes it's so good they turn they're like meryl and is with bruce and she's like she's not even here and then he's like oh there she is and we see what from behind looks like the helen we've seen she's you know frumpy she's got that haircut and meryl's like oh she's lost a few pounds haha and as she says that the woman who looks frumpy steps away and it's you know goldie hahn skinny hot goldie hahn with a gorgeous head of hair yeah yeah (laughs) um it's also very funny because like they kind of gloss over it, but she's clearly an incredibly successful author. Like we don't know anything about what the books are. They kind of have like the vibe of um, like, like a, a self-helpy. Gen- oh, is that what it is? I thought they were more novelly. The cover looks more mm, novelly. No, because it's about it's called Forever Young. It's like secrets to staying beautiful and thin. Oh, interesting. I thought it was like I. I thought it was Forever Young and it was just like a Danielle Steele type novel. No, I'm pretty sure it's like a self-help book. OK. All right. Because they mentioned, we mentioned they mentioned earlier in the dress in the Broadway dressing room that Helen is a writer. Yeah, it's just it's weird that it would be that type of book because like wouldn't Meryl know she got hot? I don't know. It's just strange to me. Yeah. Uh, also, if you look closely, Goldie Hawn is wearing the uh, Lisa von Ruman pin in this scene. Yeah, I I I uh, did not catch that on my own, but saw that noted in the details and went back and looked, and I was like, oh, that's a cool little tidbit. It's like a second or third watch thing. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... Uh, one of my favorite jokes in this in this movie, when um, Ma- Meryl goes to Goldie, and Goldie's like, "Oh, I didn't know if you'd come, but my PR woman said Madeline Ashton goes to the opening of an envelope. They're so mean. I fired her. Well, I thought about firing her, and I'm like, that is the ultimate like, hi, bitch. I am now on top. Yeah, the, it's such a great flip from the opening scene of the and mm-hmm. the, the kiss on the cheek that leaves the she gives the it back. Yeah, on. yeah, it's all very good. Uh, this and so, pisses Meryl off so much that she's like, I got to go. And she well, storms out of the house. Goldie, oh, Goldie, no, Goldie gives the same speech to both people. She's like, Meryl, I don't blame you for stealing him because he went to you. He's a man. And then she finds Bruce Willis and goes, I don't blame you. She stole you. She's a woman. And then she yeah. goes, from Newark, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- which is particularly funny because Bruce is a Jersey boy. Yeah. And like so the, the, the real man, not the I don't know where this character's from. Yeah. Uh, so Meryl goes off to her young, like hottie hot McHot pants. Yeah. And he's clearly like not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't know she was coming over. And she goes, oh, for Christ's sake, at least lie quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great. And he's just doing like a humana humana humana. You can't come in right now because. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and then we and the, we the plumber's the daughter. Butt? We see a butt. It's like yeah, a very perky, yeah. cute butt. Yeah. And and Meryl's just like storming away in this driving rainstorm. Yeah. It's a very dramatic, you know, rainstorm. And she slams on her brakes in the middle of traffic because she sees herself in the rearview mirror. Yes. And then finds uh, the Liesel's business card. And now it's... it's uh, great movie rain, by the way. I know that's a minor detail. Oh, it's, point it's out, great. Really good movie rain. Uh, and now it's uh, Goldie Hawn's turn to rehearse. Yes. The, Which is an, her, another quote of mine. Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline. Her puffing the menthol into her eyes to get the tears going is just a delightful, delightful thing. I remember hearing an anecdote years ago on Saving Private Ryan that, uh, I think it was Saving Private Ryan, that like the, and this may be an apocryphal story that I'm repeating, so whatever, but I'm telling it anyway, uh, that Damon was worried about not being able to cry for the scene and somebody came over and was like, like kind of held his head in the hands was like you're gonna be fine oh they had they vicks had, with their thumbs 
Yes, and they like put it near his eyes to to like to help him out without telling him. I thought that was very like very funny idea. And the uh, the camera pans back as she leaves and shows her like hate shrine to Madeline Ashton, which is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I wish it got more like it's very well like put yes. the production design, and I'm like this is on the screen for like 45 seconds total. Several PAs worked very hard on this, and it is not given enough attention. <laughs> I had a I had a, co- a friend back in uh, when I was living in Baltimore when I was doing the improv thing who worked on film sets and he was a PA in the art department and one day they were like we need you to make a bunch of children's drawings and it's like oh, what it's like we need children's drawings for this office and so he had to get like a box of crayons and construction paper and draw like little kid pictures of houses like, house and- with a corner sun and stuff yeah so I was just like every time I see stuff like this I'm like somebody worked very hard on this yeah. Uh, so Meryl shows up at Liesel's like gothic mansion full of like hunky beefcakes and wrestling mm-hmm. outfits. They are wearing wrestling. It looks like championship belts without the championship plate. It's very it's strange. so great. It's like Egyptian slash. It's like a wrestler with an Egyptian gimmick. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Pharaoh and his. What, what would they be? You you had the Egypt phase. What would the Pharaoh's tag team um, or squad mates be? It probably they made it in the Mummy, like. Yeah, yeah, there was a there was a mummy character briefly in wrestling, but I was thinking of like the pharaoh and you know some other Egyptian word to make it feel exotic. They, I mean, like Jeremy Anubis and yeah, they would have given like a, they yeah, would have just yeah. like straight up uh, appropriated yeah. <laughs> an Egyptian it, god. Yeah, it would be Jeremy Anubis and Billy Pharaoh. Yeah, um, and so Meryl like squ- like awkwardly sits next to this man who's like spreading himself all over the couch <laughs> yes and see he it's like it looks like the, it, the way it's staged it looks like meryl sat down first and he was like cool and squeezed in <laughs> next to her yeah and then uh we hear isabella rosalini be like would you make some fucking room and, but uh keep your ass handy <laughs> yeah which is yeah. she's got like I, I love her energy and she's a yeah. total fucking smoke show in this move in this whole movie yeah, yeah. And she's only on screen for like twelve minutes, but she is like the lightning rod for for what's happening. Eating up the screen, yeah. And also, I was thinking, like, you can tell in the close-ups in HD that there is like some fabric underneath this. But I think it's just a pasty. I guess the pasty makes sense. Um, But but, like, you can tell that there is like effort made to to make sure she's not topless. But it's (laughs) all I could think of is like some poor. (laughs) <laughs> quivering handed production assistant of in the in the wardrobe department being like oh it was a hey, okay miss rosalini i'm based gonna- on an anecdote i'll tell later it was 100 percent just the costume designer being like but like it th- without the even with the pasty like you gotta put this jewel over her nipple and so it's oh, just yeah. like I, i'm imagining this quivering handed person being like okay miss rosalini i'm gonna go ahead and put this down now and it's like and then an put the necklace on nipple yeah yeah um and this is intercut with helen showing up at the house to seduce ernest and uh isabella rosalini liesel being like hey madeline here's here's the tea here's what's going on i love the presentation of this potion it's like so a, awesome a and more full production. Stuff. Oh yeah, more mirror stuff too. But it's like it's a ca- it's a small cabinet, and then the box comes out of it, and then it gets the whole like top of the box gets lifted off to reveal an egg with a ribbon, and then you have to open up the ribbon, and then you can yes. pull out the tiny vial of liquid. There was also like a dagger as like a cross bolt, and it, she has yes. to like pull the dagger out and tuck it into her sarong. Well, because she needs that for her pitch. 
No, I know, but it's like it's just the more theatricality of this. Yeah. Um and there's I, I didn't notice it until this watch through. There are so many naked women in the potion bottles. Yes. So like at any time you're watching the movie, just like look at the potion. There's a really clear one when Meryl hands the check to Liesel and then Liesel hands the potion to her. There's like it's just like the just the bottle on screen. And I'm like, that's just a fully this looks like a James Bond opening credit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, when Goldie is seducing Bruce, she has lipstick on her teeth, which may have been an accident. You know, just oh, I didn't notice that. In the movie. But it does feel like it. I'm sure it was an accident, right? This is one of those times when you yes. ascribe things to the movie that weren't in the movie. But it does feel like something that that character would do because she's not. This is not her thing. She's, she's not. not she's the, like, she's only been hot for like seven years. But she's also like it doesn't. She doesn't. She's not the man stealing seductress, right? That's no. that's Meryl's move, and so it feels like she's she's playing playing at doing what Meryl used to do. That would make sense, and I I do agree that we're probably ascribing too much. To Absolutely, it, a yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was like I am a hundred percent sure this is just an actual mistake, but it does. It is weirdly a mistake that feels in character. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> Liesel plays. How old do you think I am with Meryl? Which is just not a fun game. No, it's never a no. fun game. Yeah. I, 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 my answer to that is, I don't know, 29. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. That's fair. That's nice. Yeah. Cause Lisa announces that she's 71. Um, and like, apparently there were like different versions where she was like over a hundred and there were versions that like, she knew Shakespeare and like yes. crazy I versions think, of the script. I think she should be much older personally. I think she should be much, I agree. much older. I think but, I think she should be at least a hundred. But it's interesting too that she's as old as she is, and it's like she has no nothing she has to hide. Like she she can be fully nude all the time. But like unlike yeah. Meryl and 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 uh, Goldie, who are like instantly falling apart into rotting corpses. <laughs> well, that's because they're terrible. Like if you're not like an idiot, which like yeah. that's I think that's the key is that like the characters are all kind of idiots. Yes, absolutely. Um, this 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 scene also has two like. Two more quotes that I like. She st- she jabs her with the dagger and the finger, like she's taking her yeah. like blood sugar. And Meryl goes, "Ah, what are you nuts?" <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's very good. Anytime I I stab myself or I like or like pick myself <laughs> with a needle or like my boyfriend bumps into me, that's that's what I say. <laughs> um, I also like that we n- never see how much it costs. Yes. She yeah, like every shows time it, it comes up, it's just a vague. It was everything I had, and it was worth every penny, kind of thing. Yeah, she like writes it down on a paper and shows Meryl, and Meryl's like, "Well, this I'm I'm leaving," and she burns the paper before we can see what's on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she like does the little demonstration, and Meryl is like, "I'll pay for this," and so she drinks the potion, and then my second favorite quote: <laughs> after she finishes. The potion. <laughs> Liesel goes, now a warning. And Meryl goes, now a warning? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, it has so many uses in your everyday life. Yeah, no, it's good. It's very good. Uh, I do love the scene where she like demonstrates that it works. She like cuts her fingertip and puts a little dot of the potion into her finger and her hand gets younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's very much Evil Dead, like a double plate scene. Yeah. Very good. Looking. Which is weird. You you would think that you could just have two people because it's not like Meryl's fate. It's it's yeah. literally just a top down of a hand. So you'd think you could just like have two different people. 
Right. Yeah. It makes no sense that, or just like one is Meryl's right hand with makeup on it, and the other is Meryl's unmakeup hand. You know. Yeah. Like, exactly. Liver spotted hand. Yeah. So the, Liesl says, you know, here's the warning: take care of your body because you're going to be together forever. Yeah. And so Meryl goes to leave, and she like goes into the mirror and watches herself transform. It's sort of like the uh, the beginning of Hocus Pocus, where all the witches yes. get young. Yeah. Uh, apparently the shot with her breasts, they like had a special bra and it didn't work right. So they just had to have the, the, co- the, the costume the, designer. Yeah. Just like reached in there and pulled her breasts back, like, like yanked on the bra, I, mean, I guess. No, I think, I, I think the costume is a costume designer from behind doing a hand bra and just going. <laughs> yeah. Which is the sound they make in the movie. And I, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. why it's that sound, but I love that it's that sound. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. They go. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. And so this I, is the part I was talking about earlier with the murder like Goldie montage. And, yeah. So Goldie is like kissing Bruce. He's very confused. Like he's, he's getting smooched all over. He doesn't seem to really know like which direction is up. And then she's like, no, 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 you can't get divorced. This is California. She'd take half your money. And I'm like, wait, Bruce is the rich one of this too. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I am. <sighs> she's she like has a an movie in a, star, but not, she's not anymore. Oh. She hasn't acted in a while. Okay. Um, but anyway, she's like, no, 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 she has to die. And so Goldie like spins out this whole plan of how they're going to do it. They're going to use it's this. perfect. It's got yeah. the, like the word repetition that I love. Uh, it's got the, the dreaming quality. It does the drunk history, like narrator, you know, lip syncing to a narrator, which is always a good gag. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. Goldie's voice, but another person's lips moving. But Every, Actually, no, it's like, not. It's Goldie says it, and then the actor says it like two seconds later. It's all no, repetition. They do both. They do both. Oh, they do. Yeah, there's the ones with the doctors where they they talk oh. about the blood alcohol content. The first doctor lip syncs. The second doctor repeats. I don't know gotcha. why they chose both, but both are funny. Um, but this, it's like there's this amazing shot that goes like up over the table through the candles, and then later we come back through the candles where Meryl like, dies in her salad, and she goes, yes. and then we'll, first we'll finish dinner. Yeah. And then they like it's like it pulls back to Bruce and Goldie being like it's like the Batman table. It's, you know, 400 yards yeah. long. And for some reason, Goldie and Bruce are sitting across at one end and Meryl is 100 feet away from at the head of the table. Yeah. But they're like clinking their glasses and being like, ha 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 ha. And then it's like, oh, we're going to take her up and, you know, uh, we're going to put her on the hillside. And, you know, you, we'll call in. There's a crazy drunk driver. And no, we'll wait, make hang it- on. The line, the, the line is. There's a drunk woman swerving dangerously close to the edge. And then we see Bruce Willis on the phone go, hello, I'd like to report a drunk woman swerving dangerously close to the edge. Yes. And, and like, I don't know why sure. that kind of repetition makes me laugh every time. But it all like that no, it's, is it's a funny. surefire way to it's make funny. me laugh. It's, it's it, the whole sequence is hilarious. But like, I love their like, oh, we'll make sure we know she's been drinking. And you see Goldie pouring like two bottles of liquor on the car. And you're like, OK, that gets the point across. And then we the, oh, it pulls up to an overhead and there's like 62 bottles of vodka in the footwell. Plus one they of the passenger seat. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like so absurd, but delightful. But it's just every see every part of this planned out sequence is one very funny two incredibly well shot and 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 three like perfectly placed for the movie that it's in it's just great everything about it rules yeah and then there's a great explosion yeah absolutely but it's just, and then it's like we see meryl's like charred hand as the the medical examiner's like ah she was so drunk you know what a waste she deserved it yeah but it's like like i said earlier like there is more creative camera movement in this than 
pretty much any major blockbuster it comes has been out in the last 10 years like more creativity in this sequence than in two hour plus movies it's just like this stuff is great it's so it doesn't cost more money necessarily to like move the camera and it just takes more time right 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 i guess that technically costs more money but it's like hell man like this is such a memorable sequence in this movie it's so good um so madeline comes home and she and Bruce Willis fight, and he's like, did you do something to your hair? And she's like, okay, fuck off, dude. <laughs> um, and they're, like, screaming at each other. It's a really good fight. And yeah, then the the staircase, which earlier I didn't mention, but Rose, the 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 house, the maid, we, we see her walking up the steps earlier, and she's like, because <sighs> it's 100,000 steps. It's this, like, giant, grand yes. staircase. It's the kind of thing that you would see in a uh, like a the grand ballroom of some very expensive hotel. Yes, it feels like maybe not as big, but like the Titanic stairs, where it's like yes, yes, yes. Or it's, be- Honestly, it's Beauty and the it's Beast. It's about as big. It's about it's as Beauty big and the Beast the stairs. stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so he starts strangling her, and when he lets go, she's like perfectly balanced, so that she's not falling, but she's gonna fall. Yeah, which like obviously. That, at, like, at a 45 degree angle it is not like, like it's like our james bond world like we yes, know the yes. world we're in it's not real yeah. reality yes and she's like it's flailing like Michael her jackson when he did that like special uh not the moon the walk, lean his other th- the lean and people are like oh my god like this is amazing his dance movement it's like yeah he had a special shoe and the stage helped like it was yeah he it was, was magnetic thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a uh, magnet. I think it was literally like a latch, like a oh, it's like a nail. A There's like his little his yeah yeah the sole the heel of his shoe slid into a nail. Um, and Meryl does the thing that like villains do all the time. It drives me nuts. They're like, help me, help me. And as they're leaning, they're like, help me, you idiot. And it's yeah. like, well, mm, come on. <laughs> and Bruce does a like he's about to help, and then does like ah, actually no finger poke of doom. One finger poke. Yeah, and she falls for frankly, she could have fallen longer. Yeah, I think I truly think she could have fallen another 30 seconds and just been like, it's like repeat shots if you want. Yeah, it's this particular sequence is amazing because so one, we have like a very obviously CGI shot. We see Meryl break her neck like she hits her head or head goes at a 45. It's the first shot. Yeah. And then we have some dummies and then we have an actual stunt performer throwing themselves down a very 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 long set of stairs. Obviously the stunt performer doesn't do this whole staircase. I think that would be no. unsafe and dangerous. But a lot of stairs get these I mean they, I wonder if they're padded stairs for this for that kind of thing. So the, so I I read a very interesting article about um I only clicked on it because it was about stunt work cuz I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the show but uh Tim Robinson, I think you should leave the Netflix sketch show. Do you know this at all? Mm-mm. Um, I'm not a big Tim Robinson fan, but I, they were, there was, was is he Tim and Eric? No. Okay. Um, he, he had like, I don't know if he was a, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I, he, I feel like he had a weird SNL connection maybe, but I don't think he was on SNL. Maybe he was a writer, but maybe I'm making that up. I don't know, but he's like a sketch performer. He does a lot of yelling. He's just not my fancy, but he did a sketch, a bunch of sketches with, the gimmick being like people are carrying a coffin and then the person falls out of the bottom of it. Okay. It's a funny bit. Like I'm, yeah. it's a good, it's a good funny bit. Um, 
I think they were all fake. Like, I don't think they, I don't think it was like a prank thing. Like, I don't think they did this to a funeral. I think they shot it at actual graveyards and stuff, but I don't think they like, it's my understanding they did not prank a funeral, but there was one sequence where they're like, oh, we're going to have the dummy fall out. And then sometimes it's a stunt person, sometimes a dummy. And they're like, oh, we're going to have them roll down these stairs. And it was like five or six concrete stairs. Jesus. And the stunt person was like, no, I got it. I'll wear a turtle shell. And apparently there's like a little back, a hard plastic back thing they can wear to do these. And they were like, he he did it. Like he was so gung ho about like, we are going to do this as a real stunt that he just did it. Like he just threw himself down the stairs while we were talking about it because he was like, it's fine. And he just like, boom. And he threw himself down the stairs in front of everybody. And nobody knew he had the pad on. And they were like, "Ah, ah." and then he like popped up and was like, I got it. And I was like, oh, that's a amazing like of course that's how you got to do that stunt because the person was like no i really want to do this uh i love stunt people yeah they're they're the best kind of crazy they deserve oscars damn it um but i'm sure that it was a combination of like maybe you could pad the stairs they probably had pads on themselves but even as much precaution as you take like that's sucks like it's a long way to fall down it, it's so be- it, 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 it's the it's not like I said it's, it could be longer but it's such a great length of time that you're like oh shit this is this is the long ass staircase oh no oh no oh no and then she just like ends in a heap at the bottom with like all her limbs pointing she looks like fucking strange the new stranger things yeah 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 and so bruce immediately runs and calls goldie hawn and he's like i pushed her down the stairs and we cut to Goldie Hawn looking, staring at her like murder board. Yes, in a just Very do it T-shirt. Plot. Yes, yes, yes. And she goes, "Exactly what part of the plan were you unclear on, Ernest? Because we went over it three times." And she very quickly switches to like, okay, so the story's going to be that you were already on the phone with me and then she fell down the stairs. You have to, this has to be the fiction. You have to work on the, you know, whatever. And this, because if they check we, the phone I, records, it's just yes. gonna. Yes, but I mentioned Dean Cundy earlier because I want to bring this up. This is framed and shot almost exactly in this, the way that- Like the end of Halloween? Up. Yes, where Laurie Strode is like leaning outside the wall and she's like, she thinks she's got him and she's like kind of catching her breath and then Michael stands up from behind. It's one of my favorite shots in all of Halloween. It's, it's, it's no, it's not a stand-up. It's a, it's a oh, full it's, sit-up with no help. Yes, yes, you're right. The, that is, I, I was confusing that and the one where they just slowly bring the brightness up on Michael to, to show that he's- oh. Right, that's like five seconds before that scene yeah, basically yeah, yeah so it's sort of a combination of both of those but like bruce is in the foreground he's on the phone and then meryl like gets up you know she, she like brings her, her, herself up off the floor throws her limbs to like crack them back in place yeah 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 but her head is backwards and this is another quote i use on the daily you pushed me down the stairs <laughs> um so she's at this point her her head is turned around backward which they, yeah. they did as a digital effect. Apparently they tried to do like puppet stuff and like animatronic you can stuff. S- you can see in one scene later when after Goldie hits her with a shovel, it's very clearly like a The Thing style upside down well, puppet head. There's one or two shots here where it's just like a real, like an extreme close where you can see like the, it's, I guess it would be Meryl's chest and yes. the back of her head. Yes. And it's clearly like an animatronic of some kind. So like mm-hmm, it's it was mm-hmm. good for back shots, but not for any real talking. Which makes sense. Like, you yeah, know, but but also a, a part of me wondered is like, wouldn't it have been easier just to have Meryl put on like a backwards suit? <laughs> Probably do like, but then you, then you'd have to like bind her and then her hands would be backwards. Like her hands would be the right way. Do you know what I mean? 
No, I know. I just I thought I thought it would be easier to let. Yeah, I don't know. Like now they would just do like they'd put a green hood over the person's head, and which is what they did. Yeah, yeah, Meryl did it with a green hood and then did it backwards. Right, right, and then they would just swap it. But yeah, either way, it it honestly looks really good, and it looks uh, it looks unnatural and weird. But it's like you're looking at a person whose head is around the wrong way. It's supposed to look unnatural and weird, so it totally works for me. I get why you would say otherwise. I that's reasonable. Yeah. And it's great because, like, she hasn't realized her head is on backwards yet, but yes. she can't figure out why she doesn't know how to walk anymore. Yes, yes. She's, like, trying to, like, call, she's, like, stepping over the phone cord and doesn't uh-huh. know how to sit down. She's like, I need to call, it's 911, right? Like, she's so out of touch, she yep. doesn't even know that. <laughs> and then she, uh, <laughs> she's like, I think there's something wrong. And he's like, it's a, it's a sprained, what do you say, a sprained neck? A sprained neck, yeah. And he's like, it could happen, I guess, maybe. I don't know what to do. And she... I've never seen it, but it it does happen. And so, you know that, like, the like famous, I'm going to, like, snap your neck move? Meryl just does it to herself to put her head back the right way. Yeah. And then Bruce looks at her and, like, her spinal column is very clearly, like, on her clavicle. (laughs) (laughs) And so she goes, she's like, I think I need a doctor. And they smash cut to them like speeding to the hospital yeah this is a great one line or uh, sorry one scene performance by uh sydney pollock who's like mostly a director he does a little bit of acting other things too and he like he starts examining meryl and he's like okay her wrist her- is just like yeah. fully bending the wrong way yeah does it hurt when i do this when i do this what is and then he has his her wrist like laying fl- her her knuckles are like laying flat on the the uh the for- her forearm. forearm yeah and she's like no it doesn't hurt my neck's a little sore though and he pulls, she pulls the, the jacket down or he pulls the jacket down and he visibly recoils because he can see her spine yeah and then uh he looks at her temperature and then he can't he goes let me listen to your heart and she doesn't have a heartbeat but it's a great like great comedy bit though because so he he gets he puts the stethoscope in and he he checks her heart he can't get anything and then he taps on it and he's like oh and well because it's silent like the movie is silent but you're like you don't think about it because you're like oh we wouldn't hear that but then as soon as he taps it we do hear the tap so it's like a kind of a jump scare so he's like oh and he throws that in the garbage and he picks up a new one off the shelf and then the same thing happens and he's like okay so your body he's putting a nitroglycerin pill under his tongue like he has, yeah he has a heart thing and he's like your body temperature is 80 <laughs> you you can't feel any pain even though your wrist is broken in three places your and neck you, is broken you, through the skin and you don't, and have, you a don't have a heartbeat yeah and then he drinks some some alcohol and he's like, I'm going to get a second opinion. And then yeah. Bruce Willis like runs around the hospital to try and find someone. And there's like, a, a, I thought the waiting room could have used a couple more people in it. Yeah. It didn't need to be full Beetlejuice waiting room, but it needed a little more because there's the, yeah. the tennis player with like the fully bent in half racket and just like blood pouring out of his knees. Yeah. Yeah. And his, and his elbows too. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> As he's running around, he sees their doctor has had a heart attack and died. <laughs> yes, they're giving him they're giving him the paddles. Like he's like, "Where are all the doctors?" And he looks in the room, and it's every doctor and nurse is in here. Like one of their own is down. <laughs> and when he goes, so Bruce was like, "Well, shit!" So he goes back to the. Oh, Meryl passed out. By the way, yeah, we missed she fainted. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. He goes back in the room, and Patty from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is there. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, he's like, where's my wife? And he's like, she goes, give yourself time to grieve. And he's like, no, where is she? He's like, she died. They took her to the morgue. The morgue? She'll be furious. 
he's so good as this put upon dork. It's great. It's just such it's a so good performance crazy for to you see. Can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. And then as he's going to the morgue, he passes the the creepy floating nuns. So this is like a deleted scene. There was something else. There was like a there was a priest, a, a dead priest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a few deleted scenes I saw described the that I this one like yeah kind of inconsequential. But there's one later where like Meryl was in the fr- the, freezer, in the freezer and the maid found her and freaked out. And then Bruce like carried her upstairs and she's like, I think I'm sweating. He's like, No, I think you're defrosting. And I like That's, I love really that joke. Good. Yeah, really good joke. So he uh, saves her from the the morgue, and he's like, "I think you're a miracle." And she's and she reacts like, "Okay." <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's like, "I was in the bag, and it was so dark when I woke up, and no one heard me." It was me scary. Screaming. No one could hear me. Yeah. So at this point, we're like a little over an hour into this movie. There's like maybe thirty five mm-hmm. minutes left, and I feel it's, like it's it's, just... it's two. It's close to two thirds the way through. But I feel like this last section is just really like gas pedal to the floor, just crazy. Like it, it everything escalates so quickly from this point. So, um, you know, Goldie shows up at the house, and this well, is when so shit starts hitting. The what's fan. great is we see them drive home, and Goldie's in this like black leather outfit. Yeah, and she's trying to figure out what's going on. She almost gets run the fuck over. Yeah, she does get hit like by the car, doesn't she? Or does she no? Die it's. The way? She's laying, she dives onto the ground and then the car reverses and stops perfectly. Um, And then she sees him go get formaldehyde and because he's like, I'm just going to embalm her, embalm you essentially. Right. And when she shows up at the house to like confront him, she's wearing a different black outfit. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. I wondered if this was supposed to take place over like more than one day and it just got cut down in the editing. I don't think so. It would be. We- I think that would be weird. Yeah, I guess um, so. But he's he's spray painting her legs and he uh, Meryl's legs and like painting her face to look right. And then he sees Goldie in the foyer and she's like, "Why are you whispering? She's dead, like we planned." And then we see just a hand. It's just Meryl's hand on the wooden like banister as uh-huh. like there in the background talking. And when Goldie's like, she was a. She was cheap and mean, and she was a bad actress. Meryl claw. <laughs> obviously, it's not Meryl Streep. Her hands. Yeah. She claws into the wood, and we just see like <laughs> chips fly, which like that's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and so Meryl reveals herself to Goldie, and she's like, "Oh, I, you two, you, you've been plotting against me, ha ha!" And she like walks out of the room, and Bruce is trying to run after her. And he sees the swinging cabinet door for the gun uh-huh. and like the back of Meryl's body. And then before you've audience has had time to like cal- fully like add everything up, mm. m- we see Meryl and Goldie in like a tight, like a chest, chest up close up. And Meryl goes, you brought this on yourself and flips this like comedic five foot long shotgun. Ridiculous shotgun. Yeah into Goldie's stomach and fires and pulls the trigger and sends her flying into the pool. Dope looking stunt, like clearly like a wire pull, but just like way up yeah. in the air and then into the pool. So good. And um, Ernest is like, you killed her. And she's like, yeah, no shit. You killed, you were trying to kill me. You did kill me. And she basically is like, you're going to help me. Otherwise I'm going to make an anonymous phone call to the police and uh, I'll play dead. Ain't no one can play dead like me, Ernest. 
Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like as they're having this fight, Goldie stands up and it's like, you know, oh my God, she's one of them. It. I've always wanted to do this costume with like two iPads. Uh huh. Like FaceTiming each other so yeah, that yeah. my stomach, it looks like you can see through my stomach. I've always wanted to like I've, do that I've as a costume. I've seen that gag. It's, it's cool as hell when you pull it off. Yeah. Um, she's got a, a full on hole in her stomach. And yeah, she again doesn't the realize the shot it yet. of the movie probably from a technical standpoint maybe is like this corpse with a hole in it, and then they they pan the camera pans down and you see Bruce and Meryl like tilt their heads into the hole. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where Meryl's like, "So you took the potion? I took the potion." And did you catch when Goldie took the potion? No, I, I mean she says it, but I didn't clock what it meant for the time. October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five, which is Back to the Future Day. Oh, it is Back to the Future Day. That's right. That's right. I saw that in the trivia and promptly forgot about it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they, they're they like doing the like bitchy catty fight and then they grab shovels and just do a real fight, which is great. Yeah. Apparently was... Meryl cut Goldie Hawn. Yeah. She, they said it gave her a permanent scar on the cheek. And I was like, I don't see like this shot must not be in the movie. Um, yeah. For, for that. But also like uh, Goldie must have had that removed or something because I've never seen a picture of her where she has a visible scar. I mean, maybe it just went away. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, um, but the, I, I love when Goldie hits her first and spins her head around, and Meryl's response is like, "Oh, I just did this. Like, I just fixed she, this." She problem. like it's as if you like tilt your head back, and it's all the way back, so your head, uh-huh. the, your back, your head is on your back, and so Meryl's like, "I just fixed this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because her voice, this, her throat's this, all crushed. This is the one where uh, it's clearly like a, a dummy head, like in the thing. Yeah, um, and then they continue fighting as Bruce Willis goes upstairs, and I, I just love the shot of they're fight clearly fighting in front of the fireplace in the next mm-hmm. room. So in the doorway, we see their sh- their silhouettes, their shadows fighting each other, and yeah. you see Goldie's Hans like whole stomach. It's just. So cool looking. It is. It is. It's great. I mean, it's it, it, there's not enough good things you can say about how visually cool this movie is. I like the rest of it too, but even from that standpoint, this movie is fantastic. Uh, Goldie smashes Meryl's head into her neck like a turtle. Very so, good. Very good. So Meryl has to like hold up her own head. Uh, <laughs> Meryl throws a broken shovel handle and it goes through goldie and she's like score wait no shit (laughs) and then goldie later like sits down with the shovel handle through her which is a great looking little thing they they say that apparently she didn't sit correctly so they had to digitally alter it but i'm like i don't i can't tell yeah obviously obviously goldie hunt doesn't have a hole in her stomach but like right it doesn't it doesn't look like anything had to be crazy altered yeah yeah it might have just been a like a angle adjustment or something um so this is where they finally make up because Meryl's like, you always thought I was cheap because um, apparently Goldie grew up rich. And I love that we see them like enter Bruce's room to be like, oh, we've, we've worked everything out and we're all going to be a happy group of friends now, I guess. But Meryl has like this uh, necklace thing that's like a neck brace, like a it's collar. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they it's another shadow moment where they open the door and you can see through Goldie. Apparently in the in the first draft or one of the early drafts. It was supposed to be like they, the door opens and you see mangled shadows of two people. Oh, like they were supposed yeah. to like really fuck each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so, why they didn't do that from a practical standpoint, but it would have looked very cool. I agree. Uh, so they they're like, "Hey, can you please just fix us up?" And then that's it. Uh, they do the creepy, please. 
So and, we we see the the results of his handiwork. Goldie's in like a you know very you know tight bathing suit. You can't tell that her body is missing major oh. pieces of it. Yeah, uh, Meryl looks good or whatever. And I like, kind of wish we saw what he did. Like, did he just yeah. put sand in her? Like, yeah, it's, it, like it must like be taxidermy. Like that yeah, I mean something like that. Basically, it has to be. Um, um, they they start going like, oh, you know, what if this stuff starts to wear off? Or what are we going to do then? Like, we got to keep this he, guy around. And then they're like, he's not going to live forever, so we got to make him take the potion so he can just take care of us. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, we'll knock him out with with the, uh, with the boot. We'll drug his booze. And then he he does a like, very like uh, airplane mo- joke where he's gesturing with a full-ass drink. But also, the size of this cup is incredible. It's like a 64-ounce big gulp of bourbon that they hand him. Goldie Hawn genuinely can barely hold this cup because it's so big in her lady. Yeah, her tiny it, it, it's hand. supposed to look like a rocks glass, but it it's It is huge. a rocks glass, but it's like a 64-ounce rocks glass. It's like a pitcher. And then it gets to the end, he has like My a, kind of cup is what I'm saying. There would be a swig left, and he's like, you know what? I'm done drinking. He pours it in the plant, and they're like, well, we gotta... And they both grab vases and just smash it over the head. Did they break this vase earlier in the movie, and I forgot about it? Um, because they, the, the one A vase, metal vase fell down the stairs earlier. The vase closest to Bruce when he pours the drink out looks like it's been glued back together. I don't think so. Okay, okay. Um, He comes to in Liesel's pool, and... She does a dramatic, like the most dramatic exit of them. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Um, she, she she gets out of this pool. She's naked except a scarf that is just perfectly over her nipples. It's very good. Uh, and as she walks, someone is flicking on overhead spotlights. Yes. And her Tom, body double, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Her her three her, her three her man oiled up beefcakes. Yeah. Her body double in this movie is Catherine Bell, who like went on to like be an actress. Okay. She's a crazy Scientology person, so like. I'm sure she hates that, that she did name. this. Yeah, yeah. She did. She does name. Hallmark movies now because oh, okay. Hallmark is, you know, it's vaguely it's 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 getting it's vaguely religious, and she's very sure, yeah. Scientology crazy. She plays like the good witch or the worst the the some witch on a okay. series of stuff they do. Okay, but she started as uh, her body double. I had I did not know. That's interesting. I didn't know she had a body double. I, 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 I think it was just for getting out of the pool. Shots. Yeah. I think the one butt shot. I think everything else was like, I'll do it, whatever. But uh, So Bruce immediately sees this for the curse it is, which I like well, a lot. I also, it, it always annoys me that they sort of like pretend that he's a good person all of a sudden. Right. And right. I was like, you're, you're not like you murdered your wife. She, yeah. It's not like she was a racist or a rapist yeah. or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She murdered children. Like right, she was right. just a, just not a unhappy. good person. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you still murdered. Unhappy. Yeah, you murdered your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cheated on your wife. You left your first girlfriend for her best. Like you aren't a good. You can't. No. You can't pretend at the eleventh hour that like <laughs> you have morals, buddy. Right. 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 No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't want him to be cursed forever necessarily. Like he, like he would be coerced into being their manservant, which would be terrible. I honestly like always wish there was like an alternate ending where he did take the potion and then fell and then like ended up running away, but like was still living forever. Yeah. The actual alternate ending of this, I actually think I might've liked better where it's like the two of them 
are in another country and they they see an old couple like kind of kissing and canoodling and then they get into a car together and they look like very happy but they're you know they're much much older couple yeah and then they realize it's bruce and his new wife and they like go to chase him and in the chasing him they crash their go off a cliff yeah yeah and they come out like skeletons. Yeah. Was, I, so Tracy Ullman was in this movie. Yeah. And got I, I, completely I, cut. I watched the trailer and I was shocked. Like, I could not believe that they left that in the trailer and she's just not in the movie. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I'm glad because this movie clips so well that, like, yeah, it doesn't, it you don't be, need to slow down long. for nonsense. Yeah. It would um, be too long. The funeral scene gets you out of the movie very quickly and efficiently, which is what you need at that point. Exactly. But I do sometimes wish that, like, he had taken the potion and just like done his own thing or like become as jaded as everyone else was like, yeah, like yeah. he was already on that path of like, right. And eh, like not being, he's not a good person, but right. Um, he also, they also fully acknowledge that he pushed Madeline down the stairs. Cause he goes, what if I, you know, I get maimed. What if I get pushed down the stairs? What if I fall down the stairs? And I was like, yeah, you killed your fucking wife, dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, um, you are a bad man. As you said, he is not, he is not without sin. Uh, so he runs down to the party and we get all the great little cameos of all the celebrities that everyone says is, are like hiding out still alive somewhere. Yeah. So there's Bruce. Uh, I'm sorry. Jesus. There's Elvis. I don't know why I just said Bruce. There's uh, there's Andy, uh, Warhol. Andy Warhol. Yeah. And Marilyn earlier Monroe. she alluded to Greta Garbo, I think. Yeah. Just like retired quietly. Uh, and then later in the pool, it's Jim Morrison. Yeah, he's, he is the worst of them. Like he is. I did not like I knew it was supposed to be Jim Morrison on this the first time I was like, I think that's supposed to be someone. Yeah. I don't know who, but it's yeah. supposed to be someone. That is, that is the other ones are pretty good. That one, I think, is pretty wishy washy. Yeah. Um. So uh, he like takes the elevator upstairs. He's still got the vial in his pocket of potion Um. and like tries to shimmy across that's like dramatic rooftop is the the three dog thing supposed to be like god you know like a a, a, a cerberus cerberus yeah i mean maybe either three other or two i I think it's just two three dogs maybe it's just two okay because there's one on each side of the box okay you're right you're right i thought it was three for some reason but i maybe i just made that up um so the ladies come out on the roof as he's shimmying across making him slip and fall so he's like hanging by his suspenders over the pool that's like a hundred thousand feet below clearly he has the suspenders that actually attach to your pants via buttons and not the little clippy boys (laughs) yeah exactly and so they're like trying to throw this like thin gauzy sheer shawl to be like grab onto this yeah yeah it just like you know slowly floats away to camera which is very good and then they they're like you gotta take the potion take the potion and it's much like you said before where the villain like does the turn and is like help me you idiot where they're like you have to stay alive to help us basically and it's like well he didn't want to do that yeah because they're like it's the only way to to survive this fall like you have to drink this potion and then they fuck it up they keep they're like we need you and it's like well that's not the selling point yeah so he's like nah i'd rather die he chucks the potion he does fall and oops actually you've fallen into the pool which would not matter he would be a stain at the bottom of it but yeah. it's a movie so it's fine uh, i mean it's mo- water is not concrete the way everyone says like falling from like, it, it hurts but it is not concrete people love to say falling into water is like falling into concrete but it's not actually the way it works 
Well, it depends on how you fall into it. If you fall into it horizontal like Bruce does, it is much the same as falling into a hard surface. It has much less give. If you do like a perfect pencil dive, you can. You... Well, yes, but I'm just saying like people love to throw around the concrete thing. And it's like, like it's, yeah. there's more science to it than that. As as someone who has been tossed off of an inner tube, pulled behind a boat and hit the water horizontally, I can tell you there was not a lot of give. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt a lot. Um, so he survives the fall, sees Jim Morrison and then steals James Dean's little spider and, and drives I, I off. I also I also think the James Dean one is not very good. Those two oh, I, I think, think he's are fine. a little It's it's fine, but it's not there are better James Dean impersonators like on the streets of Hollywood these days. That's all I mean. Yeah. But it's such a, it's such a flash in the pan moment. Like if he had yeah. lines, I would feel differently. Like Jim Morrison I'm like that's Yeah, that's the we, best you we can, can do. do better than this. Yeah, yeah. Um so Liesel is like Frankly, frankly the Jim Morrison, I think that Doors movie had come out. You should have paid for the money. The Val Kilmer. Kilmer. And then also, uh, Elvis should have been friggin' Kurt, who played Elvis oh. very famously in another movie, uh, John Carpenter's Elvis. So, Oh, I didn't know John Carpenter did an Elvis movie. It, we talked about this when we did something or other. It was like the year before Halloween or the year after he did an Elvis oh, TV Oh, is it like a TV movie or is it like mm-hmm. a movie movie? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so Liesl like reprimands the women. She's like, you it would be better if you got him back because there was a, a plot point in an earlier draft that like she offered the potion to lots of like famous people and yeah. they said no and so she killed them like yeah. abraham she killed abraham lincoln and she killed william shakespeare like oh interesting and so that's why she wanted to kill she's like oh I, my secret can't get out yeah 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 because earlier um, the doctor dies and that's like one more you know secret dies with him kind of thing exactly um so the ladies try and search the house and he's not there and they sort of resolve themselves like, well, we can't go back to Liesl. So I guess we're stuck with each other forever. I'll I'll paint your ass. You'll paint mine. Yeah. And they're like kind of laughing at this and also having that. It's kind of like the end of the graduate. Like <laughs> it's the end of the graduate. Just like, oh, oh, this is awful. <laughs> this is a terrible. What have I done? Uh, and then we cut to 37 years later. So it's seven years from the release of this podcast. Yes. Um, Almost there. We will celebrate that day. Oh my god, that would be a fun re- a revisit. Um, they're at Bruce Willis's funeral, um, and he did, he did a thousand amazing good things. He had an AA chapter. He you know a center for women. He like a marriage counseling. He climbed a marriage counseling center. He had so many kids. Merrill makes a point at calling him flaccid and impotent, and then it's like he had five children or six children, which like he started having when he was fifty. <laughs> Yeah, after he stopped being an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone at the funeral is like, you know, mourning, and they're in Goldie and Merrill are like all the way in the back, in like heavy veils, yeah, uh, like cackling to each other. It's like the perfect visual of these two characters. Yeah, yeah, and they have them covered up so you can't see how bad they've deteriorated, which is good. you can like so sort like... of see through the veils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And they start arguing over the number nine acrylic paint very loudly at this funeral. Yes, yes. Um, so they're like, fine, we'll leave. And they start to leave and they hear the priest, because the priest says something about his tales of the walking dead in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Or the yeah. living dead in Beverly living Hills. Dead. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, you know, he truly learned the secret to eternal life. And they like freeze in the door of the church and turn around. And he's yeah. like... It's his family, his legacy living on, and eternal youth is his children and grandchildren. 
<laughs> Meryl goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Great line reading. And then we go outside and we see the can of spray paint like perched ominously at the top of the stairs. Check all the On its spray side. paint. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we reveal what they look like. And the makeup is excellent. They look like so melting wax figures. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned before, it's Dick Smith who did uh, Scanners. He did The Exorcist, The Godfather. Very famous makeup. Yeah. Makeup. Uh, and but they they slip and fall and now we have Goldie doing well, the same thing Go- Meryl did because yeah Goldie is you know flailing and Meryl's like well maybe I won't catch you and Goldie just grabs her and they go tumble down these a taller staircase for a church yeah. until they land at the bottom and just shatter like mannequins yes and it ends with the perfect line like it's the perfect way to end this movie it's their two disembodied heads upside down and then Meryl says spinning into frame. Yeah. And then Goldie goes, well, do you remember where you parked the car? <laughs> Which is it's, another line I say all the time. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's a really, really good movie. It, it made it was uh, did not make much money at the box office and then kind of has become a cult hit. But it's one of these yeah, ones the, where I'm like the queer community really championed this movie. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I'm not a member and I think this movie fucking slaps like this is such a good yeah. movie. It's a delight. Meryl really hated making it. Really? Yeah, she was like, she like this movie was like going to the dentist wow. because it was. She said it, like it wasn't about acting or her performance. Everything had to be very like rigid and specific because uh, it was all okay. VFX. Yeah, and so she was like, I would never do a VFX heavy movie again. Which apparently she had. I don't. Someone said I'm that's sure not true. Has. Yeah, and I'm like, I, mean, I'm I don't sure know. That's, yeah, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that she has done that. But yeah, uh, I think this movie's great. I, I like highly so recommend good. it. It's streaming on Showtime as of this recording, but you know, if, if you had to track it down, I'll sweat. I think it's there until November 1st. Oh, okay. You saw the like end date that far out? Typically, it's, uh, yeah, I think it said like streaming until maybe okay. it was October 1st. Okay. Is it October 1st or November 1st? But I would have assumed up. it would have been September 1st uh, that they let you know that it's ending soon. But in, in any case, uh, highly worth your time. Really, really funny movie. I, I know sometimes, I, or at least I think while we're recording them, that like sometimes the comedy discussions can devolve into like, this part's really funny, that part's really funny. So I hope we brought a little more to the table here. But it's a... I hope so. Vi- in addition to being very, very funny, which it is, it is just a visually delightful movie. It is, you know, crafts people at the top end of their crafts doing great looking stuff from tip to tails in this movie. The makeup is great. It's excellent. Spe- special effects are wonderful. The camera, all the moves, acting acting. Yeah. The performances are incredible. Like a truly a wonderful Bruce Willis performance. And I, I like Bruce Willis. I am not, you know, I, he made some great movies that I really love. Um, you know, Merrill, I think is one of the, the greatest actors of all time. And this is an all time performance. Goldie, always a delight but really good here playing a little bit different a little more acidic than she often does not not always yeah she normally goes sweeter yeah um certainly she has those you know other performances that fit that bill too but like really strong from her all around just really great it's a really funny really good movie that is just it's a it's a hoot i discovered it very recently and i'm like man i wish i had known about this earlier i wish i had seen this movie 10 times already you know (laughs) um but yeah, it's it's really delightful. It's very it, like I like we've talked about. It's such a just, great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, but also has a lot in common with other stuff that we really like. And if you like the same stuff we do, you'd you'd probably really get a kick out of it. So, um, another one that kind of feels like sort of watershedy special effects, like oh, the eighties are over. We're into the nineties now. Much like I Terminator agree, 2. definitely. Um, but a, just a great, a great, great film 
all around really delightful. So uh, if you haven't yet, please head over to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. We have great bonus episodes there. One coming up uh, just a few weeks in September will be uh, American Anthem. So excited to uh, to get that out there. Uh, that was a special pick from uh, listener Michelle who did the $88 tier and has a cassette version of it. So pretty awesome. And thank you again for that. Um, we... Uh, we will be back in two weeks. So end of uh, uh, August, I almost said October. I'm like, man, it's not October <laughs> You're yet. jumping ahead. Yeah. Uh, with a movie that just hit a big anniversary as well. That'll be uh, Night Shift with Michael Keaton and uh, directed by our favorite, Ron Howard. So uh, curious to see. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think it's one mom's been pushing for a while. Yes. This is a, this is a mom. This is a mom pick. She's She's been dying for it. So I've never seen it. We, you know, we both love Michael Keaton here, so I'm excited to see, you know, if Michael Keaton can save Ron Howard from the boring drift you know, <laughs> from himself. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to dunk on Ron Howard, but like that Dean Cundy, who also shot Apollo 13. So maybe I need to reevaluate and see if there's some good stuff happening maybe. there because uh, Ron, Ron directed that. But um, yeah, that shot, that dream sequence is like more interesting than all of that. Uh, what the hell? The exploding one? What's the fire movie he did with Kurt Russell? I keep uh, want to say Firestorm. Backdraft? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more cool camera moves in that than all of Backdraft, which is a movie about fire. <laughs> I don't know how you could do that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I am genuinely excited to check out Night Shift. Uh, Comedy Keaton, I have always really enjoyed. So I'm excited to see see what we got there. Check us out on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Dissect the 80s. And help spread the word about the show. If you like it, tell two friends. Tell people that you enjoy the show and uh, help spread the word. We appreciate when you do that. You can also leave us a review wherever you do that. We get them automatically if it's iTunes. But uh, if not, you know, send us a screenshot. Dissecting80s at gmail.com. We read them on the air. I haven't done that in like six months. So somebody out there review the show. Damn it. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.